One out of every five students report being bullied. 13% were made fun of, called names, or insulted. They were pushed, shoved, tripped, or spit on. One in five tweens have been cyberbullied. It's a problem, and it has to stop. Welcome to Bully This, a hero's journey. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Our passion is to show kids that there is life after bullying. You'll hear from former bullies and bullying victims, and you'll hear how they made their journey from troubled youth to successful adults. Welcome to Bully This, a hero's journey. Now your hosts, Tyler Copenhaver Heath and Clifford Starks. Hi, and welcome to Bully This, episode three. Before we start today, I want to talk a little bit about something. Um, It's the rare things in life we do not always understand. But eventually, it is the rare that we learn to appreciate and value. The Apple commercial alludes to those that think different. You remember that commercial? I do. I absolutely love that commercial. Life's about thinking differently. Well, and think of some of the people that think differently. Yes. And what that's accomplished. 100%. Otherwise, we'd all still think the world is flat. Yeah, (laughs) that's very true. (laughs) But, you know, would you agree that often people suffer for the rarity until they find a way to learn to flourish from it? They do. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, hitting your head on a window and you're trying to, uh, I was just talking with Carrie about this, you want to fit in and you don't know how to fit in. And so you just, you have to paint your own pathway. And when you do, it actually makes a new pathway for everyone else. Oh, absolutely. So on that note, I want to talk about our uh, guest today. Super excited for having her over here all the way from the UK. It's be Carrie Johnstone. Um, And a little background on Carrie. She's an international fashion model, influencer, brand ambassador, and actress. Her international runway shows first started at 14 years old. Carrie has now developed the brand KJ Model and has been on a tear working runways and designers all over the world internationally published and awarded Miss Teen Popularity, Miss Teen Charity. Carrie also holds Miss World Top 10 Best Models 2019. I don't want to mess this up. This is cool stuff. And the Variety Club Awards for Best Female Model. On top of all this, I had a chance to chat with Carrie's mom (laughs) and to get a little bit of dirt on her. Uh, So Carrie's mom tells me um, that she's begun to break down barriers, barriers and conquer fears which is why she's actually on this podcast today, because her mom said that this wasn't something she would have done a couple months ago. So it shows how far she's come. Her mom says Carrie is not a diva, even though she's had success and it's never kept her from her humble nature. Carrie's mom is their number one fan. Carrie started modeling at age 13, even though she had very little confidence brought on by intense bullying. What I find interesting is so often in the world, we celebrate rarity. When we think of rare items, we think of special and expensive. At over six feet tall, Carrie is a rarity. And in fact, only 1.5% of women in the entire world are over six feet tall. What makes Carrie so special is also what led to her bullying. So we're going to talk to Carrie today and find out more about her journey. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? 
I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Doing well, thank you. <laughs> so a little bit about uh, Bully This and the Hero's Journey. So we're going to walk you through the Hero's Journey today in your own in your own words. And the first step in the Hero's Journey is kind of the call to action. And, you know, this is what we like to call, unfortunately, the sad part of the story. But we were hoping that you could tell us some stories that might resonate um, with some of the kids that are watching today um, and help them get to know you and therefore, you know, what, how you developed some of your pathways towards success. So we're hoping that you might be able to tell us a little bit about some unfortunate stuff that might have happened to you when you were younger. Okay, so yeah, a lot of it started um, at school. Um, it happened from about year seven, um, which I'm not sure what that is in America to you guys. Um, but it's when you first start big school, if that makes sense. Got it. Okay. And a lot of the time it was to start off with, it was uh, boys um I'd be walking to school when boys would throw rocks at me and they'd say oh my god look at you look a man and things like that and um they were just really nasty and I had quite bad acne um I was obviously six foot bad acne yeah um gappy teeth I had braces and things like that and it was just all all things that I had wrong with me that I couldn't help sort of thing um and that it was just all the time constant every morning I'd walk to school every night I'd walk home um, so that's how it all started, really. Yeah. And you're a twin. And so did you did you feel that? And I know your twin has quite a bit of different story. Do you think it was, you know, kind of getting back to that rare nature of things? Is it because you stood out a little bit more that even though you're a twin, you guys are not identical twins, correct? Correct. Yeah, definitely. So just the fact that you were this rare and beautiful rarity do you feel like that kind of, you know, it's an Achilles heel in a way because it's it's led you to your success, but at the same time, it was kind of what made you stick out as a kid? Um, yeah, I, a lot of the things um, that I think it was is definitely the height um, because I was taller than most of the, the lads, um, most of the girls. Um, and it was just the fact that I, I stuck out and that I was different. And a lot of people um, used to follow each other and I never used to. I used to just be me and I used to stick out. Yeah. Was school a scary place for you then, growing up? Um, I've always had my sisters help. Um, yeah. yeah, I've always had my sister. Um, so I've always been fortunate that if I need somebody, I've had someone there. Um, it's almost like she's my little guardian angel that's helping me. Um, so I've always been, it's always been a tough place for me. But yeah, I've always had her. You know, I uh, had a chance to obviously chat with your mom online and uh, she's very supportive of what you're doing and uh, your career and everything else. Was it something that it was hard to tell your mother what was going on, even though you guys are close and she's so supportive? Um, so, no, um, my personality is you get what you see sort of thing. Um, mm. So straight I'd come home and I'd cry and she'd say, what's up, honey? And I just said, oh, it's the classic everyday stuff I get like bullies and things like that um and it was it was quite easy to tell her because she's quite an open person um yeah very easy to talk to so um and she was tall when she was younger um she's about five foot but she was about six foot ish when she was younger as well so she understood um the bullying and things like that but she didn't get it to the degree that I did so she did get bullied though to some extent yeah, she got bullied for being tall. Um, she did do a little bit of modelling when she was younger, but she didn't have the confidence to carry on. Um, she did like a few catwalks and that was it. Um, part of um, 
what we're trying to do here is, you know, help parents too, because they feel, you know, I'm sure, uh, really hopeless to help their kids because I'm sure your mom wanted to just come in and be a superhero for you and save the day. Did your mom have any advice that helped you or did she have, was it hard to get advice on the subject? Um, so her advice a lot of the time would be like, darling, you're beautiful. Um, things that they pick on is things that you can get rid of and they can't get rid of being nasty or they can't, do you know what I mean? They can't not be, they can't get rid of their personality sort of thing. So they would, that couldn't change and I could change the things that were wrong with me. Yeah. Um, Tell me that things change and that the best people get bullied and things like that. And all she could do was really be there for me. Yeah. Is there any specific instances besides the rock throwing that really stick out in your mind as, you know, um, some pretty bad instances that you kind of had to deal with? Yeah. So um, I had this one best friend that I was best friends with. I was very little, like from when I joined school. And um, like, for instance, I had a birthday party because I'm a twin. It was a joint birthday party. Um, And I had my group of friends and she had her group of friends and we all went away or whatever we did. And um, all of my friends um, would play with Leah, my twin, as well as me. And um, my best friend was like, I don't I don't want to play with you. You're ugly sort of thing. Wow. Um, and this best friend. Yeah. And uh, I'd come down in like a, a beautiful, like little red dress that I used to love. And she'd be like, you look horrible. Like take it off. Like a proper mean girl. Just like, a, she was just a bully. And she'd say, you look really anorexic in that. Like don't wear that. And I'm like, how does a child know how to say this? Like these hurtful words. It just doesn't, it doesn't sure. make sense. It's, that's what she did and she just picked on me and whatever I wore she was like you don't look right in that and then she'd wear it and it's just like you don't actually mean that she's just saying that to hurt me sort of thing yeah um really was constant even my best friends to bully me and things like that and it was I think it was jealousy but I only know that now is it almost harder when you feel like somebody's a friend and they're doing it or it was it uh, it was a because as in like she knew me as a person um like anybody can go and judge me that's fine but you don't know me and once you know me then you can judge me if you don't like me you don't like me do you know what I mean I, I don't need everybody to like me but it was the fact that she knew me as a person and she knew I was insecure she mm. knew I'd crying every day being bullied and she joined in with that it just wasn't it wasn't right yeah what I find interesting about you and Cliff's story is I, I feel like you're two people that had this awesome power, but enough people had talked to you about, I mean, you at 13 years old, you were recognized 14 years old, you were recognized as somebody that should be on the runway, you know? And so if that doesn't tell you, you know, that you had value even way back then, then I don't know what does, but when people are telling us otherwise, you know, maybe it gets harder and harder to believe. And I, I feel like Cliff's the same way. He's always been a big guy. You know, like we talked about this last time, the, the, the lion that looks or the little kitten that looks at himself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You yeah. guys almost were the opposite in a way. Yeah. You were the lion already, but you saw a look in the mirror and you saw a kitten. Yeah. And do you think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I mean, especially for you, like the the closeness of the people that were telling you these things, did that make it harder? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I did think of myself as the little lion or the, the little cub. And, and I knew that I always had in the back of my head that I'm going to be amazing one day and, and that I'm going to have the confidence one day. And now I finally do have it. So, yeah. 
what's crazy is you had it all along. You know, exactly. That's <laughs> the thing that my mom explained. She said, you're going to be a star. You're going to be amazing. You just wait. And I just didn't want to wait. But now I know that my life is good. Yeah. Following the process. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember you were talking about uh, being internal and, and mm-hmm. going internally and having the support system like your mother to help you go internally. But sometimes th- those bullies help us to go internal and still be okay with ourselves, you know, as you go through your process. Did you kind of experience that as you went, went through your journey? Um, not really. Um, I don't really think I experienced that. But like I said, I've always had an amazing family. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my family. I've got quite a big uh, family. I've got a younger sister um, and an older brother. So I've always had my big brother there as well. Um, so I was always lucky in that sense. I had them with me and they went to the same school and things like that. Um, but yeah. What are some things that you would uh, would kind of think about when you were feeling defeated by some of the things that were going on? And I realized you had a great network around you. But is there, you know, when you would have those moments of defeat, you know, were they the ones that pulled you out or were you able to reach deep down and find something in yourself? So um, definitely when I was, um, I don't know, 15, 16, that was the hardest stage. I didn't think it would be, um, but it was because it was the time that everybody would, I don't know, grow boobs or like, do you know what I mean? Come into a woman. I didn't. What's happening? I'm not, I'm not changing like everybody else is and that was the toughest time and I just was like what's the point of it live like genuinely I'd say to my mum I don't want to be alive and it's it must have been awful for my mum to hear and things like that but I had to I had to make myself um I think that's the the turning point one day I was just like I don't want to do this anymore I can't I can't and then um my braces came off and my acne started to go and things like that and all of a sudden everything just starting to get better. Yeah. I mean, I've, and that's, what's, that's, what's so interesting is we work with this stuff that's given you actually a big heart in my opinion, you know, going through some of this stuff. And then all of a sudden you've been working with this, um, what do you want to call it? Like a, uh, a handy, I don't want to call it a handicap, but a, almost like working from behind to some extent. And then, um, and then you've developed all these processes to deal with it. And then all of a sudden you blossom into who you feel that you've always been, you know, or should be. And then like, do you feel like that's when progress really started to happen in life is when you like started to kind of embrace that? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so at the age of 16, um, 15 to 16 was a time that something changed. Um, and then I finished school and I went to college um, and when I started college, nobody cared. Nobody yeah. looked at you and you're ugly or oh, you're this. Nobody cared. They just did what they wanted to do and went there for what they went there for, you know, to, to study. And nobody really, nobody really bullied me in that sense. And I just realized like nobody actually cares. Why am I getting so worked up about people's comments and things like that? And I just, I thought, no. And I just dived in head first and I was like, right. What else can I do to better myself? What more modeling can I do? Can I try acting? Can I try all sorts of different things? Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what I try to 
like we talked about this in another episode, but it's like that point in life that like 10 years old to 18 year old, it just feels like the entirety of what life is, you know, and really it's such a small part of it. And, you know, that is the part of life when you can really screw up so much of your life. You know, you can make a mistake and you can end up doing uh, some sort of crime. You know, you can make a mistake and end up, you know, uh, doing worse, you know, and then you'll derail your whole life just based on that little package of life that feels like everything, you know? So when you're thinking about kids, like I fear this actually, you know, I actually have have tried to mentor in this age range. So kids can see that like, Hey, don't think about this period right now. I know it kind of sucks, but believe me, this is not all of life. You know, a lot for a lot of people, life gets better. What would you tell if you're talking mentoring to a kid in that phrase right now that can easily screw up their life? What would you tell them? Genuinely, I would just say be you. That is all you can do. Be you, be what's deep within you. Um, I always knew that I could be, I could be something and I always knew I had the power. I just needed somebody to just to be like, come on, you're worth it. Like, beautiful. Like, you are who you are. God has a plan for everybody and just to to be confident. Sure. Nice. be who you want to be. I love that. I wanted to ask you, so between 15, 16, you said that there was a major transition. Um, Was there anything that specifically stood out that made that shift, that transition? Um, I don't think it was anything in particular that um, actually made me shift. I think it was just more of the, it happened for so many years, it had to end. I had to just let stop and not get to me anymore. And I think it was just slowly it started, the bullying started to stop, but I became confident and I thought, you know what? No, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm as, I'm as good as all of you are. Like there's nothing different about us, but we're all the same. And I just, I just was fed up with it. I think yeah. and I just thought. Were you dating at all in high school? No. No. Um, no I now you're kicking them out the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boyfriend up until I was about about 17 um and then I started exploring and things like that yeah um but do yeah, you think that's no. is that made relationship better for you or has made it uh you know a little bit harder um or do you look for more value in people because of you know missing that younger dating age um not really um uh-huh. I not dating I was trying to build myself up I don't think that I could have had a relationship with someone while trying to sell myself um but no I don't really think it was that hard and now I just pick the right people I guess I just know who's right yeah when you were doing the the modeling so young no part of that kind of gave you the confidence that like hey these people can see this in me. Was there any thought yet or was there was not enough awareness to like, Hey, everybody else can see it, but I can't see it. So yeah, there was, uh, there was a thing actually. So I actually met a German designer in Tenerife um, and that's where it all started. And she, she was following me the whole night and I thought, who is this? And I said to my mom, I was like, mom, this lady's following me. And she was like, mm, okay, we'll keep an eye on it. And anyway, she came over and she said, wow, you're so beautiful, the way you hold yourself, that your height, you're this, you're that, and you're just different. And I thought, what? I'm different? And I thought, no, this can't be This can't be a thing. And then um, I said, no, mum, I don't want to do it. It's, it's, it's crap. It's not, it's not a thing. 
And um, and she said, no, honey, try it. Just try it. And I did. And then I did my first fashion show in Berlin um, on my birthday, actually. And it just all went off from there. And I just yeah. thought, you know what? Thing. Um, and I think that that was one of the stages, actually, that made me think I am something was the designer saying, like, seeing some, seeing something in me. Yeah, that's awesome. When did you start to realize that this, because I maybe at first, did you wish not to be tall? Did you wish not for this gift? When did you start to realize it was a gift and not a curse? So I actually had a thing at school where I used to stand on my ankle to try and make myself look smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like how bad it got because um, I just wanted to fit in. Like I was fed up of being too tall and taller than the boys and things like that. And then I just thought, what am I doing? Like yeah. this it was then and it's like this designer is saying that my height is like the best thing she's ever seen 14 and six foot like yeah. no one because i've yeah. always been from from that age i've always stayed six foot but no one's no one's 14 and six foot and i just thought oh maybe it is a it is a blessing and ever since then most of the agencies love my height so i think it was just that that made me realize i love it totally and, nice. and what's so crazy about it is we're so busy trying to just be like everybody else. I mean, I think a kid's wish almost in in school is to be gray and the same height as everybody. And I, I mean by gray, like nothing spectacular sticks out, nothing that people could, you know, like differentiate them from the crowd. You literally want to run in the crowd, you know, so to speak. And, um, and then when you have something like height or, you know, Clifford's mentioned some of his ways he stood out, you know, growing up, those, uh, those things tend to feel like a curse and they, until they become a blessing. Right. And so, and that's, what's so fascinating. It's almost like a, uh, chain that you have to bear for a while to finally utilize your curse. Do you kind of see it that way? Or, you know, am I being overzealous on it? No, definitely. Um, and a lot of the time from my sisters as well, they were a little bit different. Um, and they were always who they wanted to be. And I thought I need to who I want to be. And I think kids a lot a lot of the time um just want to be the same so no one bullies them or so no one says anything yeah um, which you get that they don't want confrontation they don't want to to stick out and things like that but nowadays people are being noticed for for big things and they come they get stuff like modeling out of it and it's like just be who you are yeah well, and that's the, I love that. we're really starting to realize that difference is good, you know? And so, but it's far harder for kids to see it, you know, like, like think of some of the most successful people in the world or mo- some of the most standout people in the world, or even scroll through social media for a little while. You get these guys that wear these crazy outfits just to stand out. And, you know, they're trying to stand in front of their cars just to stand out. So then it becomes, I don't want to blend in anymore. I want to, uh, I want to stand above the crowd. And that's the thing I look back now and everybody I went to school with are trying to trying to be big they're trying to do things they're trying to get in on it and it's like from the beginning you didn't want to be that and you made people feel like they couldn't be them and now you're wanting to be them it's, it's crazy yeah how do how would you say that um like as far as building you how were you able to make that switch was that when you started to like you said blossom when the height really started to level out and you know like when the acne started to dissipate like what were the tools you were able to do to convert that mindset from defeative, almost, I don't want to be around anymore to, you know what, this is a gift. I'm starting to realize this. How did like two questions, like how did you use that as a tool, the pain from the past? And then 
how did you start to realize that it was a blessing and how you could utilize this blessing to be beneficial in life? Okay. So I think it was more anger. Um, I think yeah. it was more anger to walk. And I wanted to prove that I wasn't just nobody and that I was fed up. And I just, I wanted to show everybody that I could do this and I could be, I could be a model. Um, Cause when I started, when I was 13, I was very, very insecure um, I still modelled and it was, how are you a model? Like, there's no way Kerry's a model. Like, did you hear this? Did you hear this? And it's like, yeah, I am. And I think like from 13 to 15, I was a good model, but I was, I was some jobs that would come up. I'd say, I can't do that, but I can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's always been a big journey for me. Even now, like I could never speak on the phone. I could never speak on camera and things like that. And now I'm just like, what's the point in caring? Like, yeah, totally. Well, and that's what some of the hardest hurdles for people, you know, to realize then, you know, if I do this scary thing, what's the worst that could happen? You know, but when you're in a state of feeling defeated already, you know, like the, the kids that are scared to get on the bus, it's hard to see that what's the worst that can happen mentality, you know? So how would you, you know, one of the things that Cliff really and, and I try to do is like, how do we talk to the kid that's going through this right now, that's scared to get on the bus? And how do we tell them tomorrow is going to be a better day, in your opinion? Um, that's a hard one. Um, you can- yeah. I mean, it's not an easy question. And if we an- had the answer, we'd probably only have to do one episode of this show. <laughs> but we try to get as much insight from people as possible, because I think at the end, what we're really working on is awareness and hope. And if we can find some tools along the way, you know, that's helpful, that helped you or, you know, well, Cliff and I have talked a little bit about, you know, actually, I'm going to tell them a little bit about what we talked about on the last episode. Maybe that'll help Carrie think of what her thing is. So Cliff and I have been training partners for a long time. And one of the training things that we've done, we've done a lot of different types and, you know, to try to stay in shape and, you know, get better and everything. Um, and so Cliff hates, it's going to probably hate that I bring this up, but uh, <laughs> Cliff, what am I amazing at, even in comparison to you? Um, amazing at it's a specific running, task. running a mountain. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but we have this mountain here that's like basically straight uphill. And for some reason, this mountain and I are in sync. Like I can be what double a person ahead of the mountain. Yeah. No issue. So like this mountain and me are no problem. You know, like I got this. And what I use to get me up the mountain is I use some anger. You know, I drop deep in that bucket that was angry for maybe it's a childhood thing. Maybe it's an ex-girlfriend thing, something. And I am so mad when I'm running at that mountain. I'm saying, bring the pain, you know, and that works incredible for me running that mountain. I accomplished that mountain. No problem. So but it's interesting. So Cliff will have to tell you his motivation, but we'll go run steps together. Cliff beeps my ass on the steps, you know? And so, so here I'm utilizing in this course, this little life obstacle, if you call it, and I'm able to utilize that pain to get me up that mountain faster than just about anybody, you know? And then Clifford, what is, what is it you use on the stairs to beat me? Mine's literally one step at a time. I just focus on going one step at a time. (laughs) So there's something about the difference. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are two different types of runs. But if you think of them as obstacles in life, my tool works really well for that mountain. But it doesn't work as well for these steps. So what, what we try to get at, you know, when we're asking so many people about what was their tool 
to get to where they were at to accomplish these challenges is not every tool is going to work perfectly to run a mountain and not every tool is going to work perfectly to run the steps. I think it was definitely the anger part um, of me, um, very angry part. So I would I would think about all the disgusting things that people would say to me and that you're not worthy and uh, she's not a model and she could never be and things like that. And I take that and I'm like, watch, you watch. Yeah. yeah. And I make it positive and I try and change it. And this is something we talk about all the time because Cliff, I don't know if you've noticed, he's super positive. And I love that about him. He's amazingly positive, you know, and um, I'm not negative, as we said in the last episode. I just I'm OK with using pain like you use pain. I think when those things happen, it's so it's OK to use it. Do you. But there was something Cliff told me a couple of years ago. He's like, Tyler, you can't live in the pain forever. It's not healthy for you. So at what point do you live past the pain, you think? Um, I think everybody is mentally different. Everybody has a different stage um, of that. But mine, I think, is the success. When I'm successful, um, it helps a little bit with it because I'm like, I've got confirmation, if that makes sense, which is kind of bad, but that's how it with me. So in the last episode, we were talking a little bit about how you're able to use, and I use it a lot, this pain, you know, and you light it as a fire. But the problem is that pain is only so much kindling for so long, you know, and the other switch that's going to happen at some point, you're probably having people start to cheer for you too, right? Definitely. So a lot of the people that I went to school with, boys and girls uh, included, all of them are like, um, they're following me, they follow every single social media, they comment on my stuff. And a lot of the lads still try and message me like, oh, you're so beautiful. Like, could I have a chance sort of thing? And I'm like, no, like, it's even harder. The fact that they're trying to now be nice. Yeah. It brings back all the pain. Uh, but I mean, I know it's oh. like never, but it brings yeah. back a lot. So, so yeah. instead of dissipating, because I always, like what we were talking about before was, um, you have this pain because nobody believes in you. And then all of a sudden you do some stuff and then it's like, oh man, some people believe in me, you know? And now like it almost switches to like, I can't let the believers down because nobody used to believe in me before, but you're actually using that at new attention almost. And you're refueling the flame, so to speak. Cause you're like, Hey, you weren't there for me before. Definitely. And especially when I see people like um, public that are like people that used to bully me or whatever, I don't give them the time of the day. I just keep my head high and I walk past and that's done. And they're so surprised that I'm not, scared or insecure and it's just it's it's crazy do you almost want to thank them at times now definitely if i hadn't believed i wouldn't have been as strong as i am now and that's what's so interesting in what we're uncovering more and more and more there is usually something in this um younger years phase that is so hard but then leads to building these amazing people i mean look at what you've done you're how many how how old are you at this point i'm 19 now yeah look at all the things you've done you're 19 years old Definitely. We almost can't even have a hero's journey today because like 19 is so young in the journey, <laughs> right? We got to come back and well, who knows where Cliff and I'll be in 10 years. <laughs> no, I, I think that would be really cool though. Just yeah. uh, watching you celebrating your successes, uh, moving through life and going through your process and, and the tools that you'll, you'll share with others along the way. Because I also want to say big congratulations on coming on the podcast yeah. And and a couple months ago, that wouldn't be a thing that you did. You're no. still stretching and growing. Oh, good point. Great point. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for all your opportunities to come because like there was the there was more the physical 
um, thing of being insecure, but I was obviously yeah. still insecure and like talking and things like that. I still get very, very anxious about, but yeah, mm-hmm. I've got somewhere, which is why I'm like, let's do it. So hopefully yeah. Yeah, I can go higher. That's what a lot of people don't realize. And I know Cliff and I get both of the, both of us get this quite often. You'd look at us and like it, the, the thought is one thing. And then like, if you actually get to know us, the thought is completely something else, you know? And so, um, so it's weird. You wear this shell, you know, that's this signpost to society that says who you are and it's not <laughs> actually who you are. <laughs> so true. So many people judge and they're like, oh, she's automatically going to be horrible and she's going to be snobby and she's going to think she's so amazing. And it's like, if you meet me, I don't. I'm just a genuine, I think I'm a genuinely nice person. Yeah. Well, and and I think about Cliff all the time and I think about him driving his little green car that he used to drive and people used to road rage him all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, if they only knew the monster that was inside of his car. Now, he's probably going to go out and just give them a hug and and ask them how their day was. But if they only knew the monster that they were honking the horn at, you know, and so and I find that I mean, look at people are probably too even afraid to approach you guys probably are too afraid to ask you out on dates these days. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that deep down in, you know, like you're actually a caring person and you've been through these trials and, you know, like it's not, you're not the shell that you appear to be. Definitely not. No. And that almost is, I hate to say this for you, that almost is another blessing, right? Because now you get to have this beautiful shell for the world, but your beautiful heart is matching it. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, obviously you get what you see with me, but I don't let everybody know what I'm about. You know, I have the KJ side and I have the Kerry side and the Kerry side is me deep down and the KJ modeling part and the confident part and the, Oh, nice to meet you sort of part. And I would never even say that. I'd be too afraid to say that to somebody. So, yeah. How much do you hate the thought that let's say everything was easy in life. Let's say you like, you had the shell that you have now and like you see, um, people see this beautiful woman, you know, and what if it was always that way and just everything was kind of given to you in a way. And I'm not saying beautiful people are given it. I'm just trying to make a point, you know? Uh, so let's say that like everybody looked at you, life was easy, road was easy. Everybody wants to date you. Everybody wants to be you, you know, and then you become this person that doesn't care about people that, you know, uh, that doesn't want to do good in the world. How much do you hate that thought? I do. I do. Hate it, and that from a few friends and stuff. And I see that I see that they are a good person, but they just don't want to be a good person. And yeah, it just I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, in a in a way, can you start to further embrace what happened? Because it's like, what if it had been easy, and what if you didn't have the heart you have? Um, I think that obviously all the bullying has made me a better person and things like that. And I think that people that never get bullied are always going to be a little bit, but they think they're superior sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I definitely do think that um, I'm a lot, I'm a lot stronger from it. Yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to get, if I'm talking at the kids for a minute, what I'm trying to get to the kids is I know when you're getting on the bus and it's scary, you know, it's not easy to say, okay, I'm going to wear this like a badge of honor, you know, someday it's like, is telling Cliff this story this morning, you know, like I went to school in 11th grade and this kid came up to me and he said, Hey, you know, that's the t-shirt we gave away to the, um, charity foundation yesterday, you know, and that like was horrifying, right. To be a junior in high school and somebody like you're wearing clothing that was giveaway clothing. And, uh, and now I'm okay with it. 
You know, like it doesn't bother me. You know, is it nice that I can now afford shirts? And even though I wear the same one every day, and that's what's funny too. So that shows how much I care about it these days. But, um, but you start to learn to appreciate things, I think, more. Would you agree? Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate a lot, a lot of things now. I appreciate life and I appreciate the opportunities I've managed to get. Um, and obviously I want to that because she's my manager as well. And she genuinely has always stayed positive. Um, and she's always told me that it's going to get better. And it, and it always has been. Yeah. And you mentioned something too about uh, the carry and the KJ side. Yeah. Now, now can you... Uh, go a little more into detail about, and, and the reason I'm even asking, I almost say we have like different personas. So for instance, yeah, if someone's honking at me and they're road raging, I probably would give them a hug. Now, if we signed a contract for a fight, it's going to be a different game. Like, oh, <laughs> you're the guy who honked at me. It's game time. Let me put I mean, here's that honk to get you. Yeah, you know, like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And so I, 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 the, the cool thing is we have so many tools that we can use. And it, it sounds like that may be one of the tools that you use is you have those two different personas. Definitely. Yeah. So sometimes um, my mum comes with me to most of my events. Um, she's my manager. And a lot of the time she looks at me and she goes, Kerry, you're not Kerry, you're KJ. And I'm like, it almost, I almost click and I change and I'm confident and I stand tall and I can talk to anybody I like and things like that. And it's just crazy how it can change so quick. And then when I'm at home, I'm quite, not insecure, but I'm quite, I'm quite crazy as a person. Like you get what you see with me with KJ. I'm still who I am, but I'm crazier. I'm more um, emotional when I'm Kerry and I'm a decent person when I'm Kerry, but when I'm KJ, I'm more of a like get the job done sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. I was actually reading something about Michael Jordan yesterday and they think a big reason that led to his greatness is anytime we have that little self doubt. And it sounds like that you, that's what you have with KJ. KJ doesn't doubt anything. KJ is, you know, walking bout of confidence that can accomplish anything, you know, same with Clifford when he's going into fight mode, he is a fighter at that point where he's not going to hug you anymore. And Michael, he will not let, you know, that little thing that starts to peek into our head that starts self doubt, like you can't do this, or maybe like, oh, maybe you might th- screw this up. Michael pushes that out of his head right away. <laughs> there is no room for that in Michael's head. I mean, what's the famous quote? He said, uh, why would I think about the shot I haven't taken yet? Mm-hmm. Like, Michael, what happens if you miss that shot? Why would I think about the shot that I haven't taken yet? Exactly. And that's how I always overthink everything. Um, Kerry um, like before a fashion show, I'm like, Oh God, am I going to be good? Like, am I worthy? Am I going to mess up? And then I get out there and I'm completely like, why have I been worrying when I don't need to be? And that's another journey that I've overcome. And I'm still going on kind of. Oh, I'm working on, I'm worried about the next thing that's going to come out of my mouth. And then tonight (laughs) I won't sleep over it. (laughs) So I also want to say, I love Carrie and I love KJ. Thank you. Because it, there, there's that piece where it's like, you're so confident you cannot be stopped. There is no stopping. And then there's the other piece, that human piece that people need to see that mm-hmm. says, oh, I'm scared. Oh, I don't know what to do. That's an awesome point. Because you almost have tamed that. Let's, let's call it your Michael Jordan. We talk about him a lot on this show because he's such a strong-minded individual. And I think it's led to his success. 
So you almost have the best. You know, I never knew yeah. until I watched the documentary, the, the Last Dance, that Michael Jordan's a little bit of a jerk. And please, Michael, don't take that the wrong way. But like, you are so confident. I always thought he was like the nicest guy in the world. But no, he's not <laughs> afraid to tell his teammates where to put it, you know. And so um, so you've almost given yourself the best of both worlds. I'm not saying that you're KJ's a jerk. I'm saying that KJ is confident and she's ready and everything else. But then you've kept the side of you that has that. Um, and I don't want to bag on Michael Jordan. I'm afraid he's going to show up <laughs> all of a sudden. Coming but, over, Michael. I, I got love for you. I respect you. You're over. You're overconfident, and I love it. Yeah. No, Sky's it's great. Really- <laughs> and I'm sure Michael's got a big heart for foundations and stuff he's involved in. But you've kept that really big, you know, heart, and so you've been able to because you need that confidence, huh, Cliff? Like you have to have that undying confidence, but sometimes that conflicts with this beautiful heart and they'll want to love people, you know, and they'll want to like see other people's side instead of seeing weakness. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of difficult sometimes because a lot of the models are very, very bitchy towards each other. And sometimes I have to say, and just be carry and be like, look, don't do that. KJ, KJ would have them for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Right, don't do that. Could you see this reason and this reason and this reason? So sometimes I do feel like I have to come out of KJ just to like be down to earth and just be like, look, don't do that. Do you know what I mean? I I'm kind of thinking Tyler needs some sort of KJ. Like I need that other side of me that's a little bit more like think, let's get yeah, down to business. I think you just gave him an insight. Yeah. Because I'll I'll tell you at 19, wow. You know, that's all I gotta say is wow, you you've gone through so much. You've had so much experience and you do have the best of both worlds. I do. And I genuinely put that down to my mom. Like she taught me everything I know. And she taught me just to be a nice person, like manage anything and things like that. And it's just, that's really important to me. Um, Mm. And if I'm KJ or Kerry, but yeah, I think you just got to be kind to everybody. And a lot of models do think, oh my God, like she's actually nice. Like sometimes people, a lot of models just think you're going to be bitchy straight away, but you're just yeah. not. I'm just how often I does that? How yes. often does that happen with you? Yeah. Oh, every time. Uh, mm-hmm. I look like Mike Tyson. A lot of people say. So I'll walk into a gym, and people all of a sudden. I, I love the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, because people literally cannot help themselves but to do it. They're going to do it every single time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I've always found that most people like. 20% of my friends yeah. um, are close to me, but every single one of them have said, oh my God, I thought you were really horrible when I first met you, but I've actually yeah. you and you're lovely. And I'm like, this is the thing that's wrong with the world. Sometimes you judge mm-hmm. straight away. I don't like you. You're not, you're a model. You're, you're horrible straight away. And it's like, no, if you got to know me, I am a decent person. Yeah. I mean, and I've actually dealt with that a lot in the, I'm not going to go too deep into the story, but I, um, I like to work out, you know, and I go to train at our gym or I'll go with lift weights. And when I lift weights, I'm by myself and I'll put my headphones on and I'm going through every problem. You know, I'm a businessman. Like there's a lot of stress going on and I'm trying to work through. And so I don't always have the best look on my face, probably. And I'm just in my own world, you know, but like if you'll talk to me, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to, you know, but not very many people will talk to me. And then I hear later, you know, and I have some bully stories from the gym that I'll probably tell at some point, but not today. But later, somebody will interact with me like a whole door open for them or something. Oh, you're the nicest guy ever, you know. And so it 
you're right. We can't judge a book by its cover because you don't know the history of somebody's book. What shelves has that book been on? You know, who's been reading that book? You know, and so and it's not actually sometimes who you are. And that's why I try to always give people the benefit of the doubt when I meet them. You know, you never know who who you're getting. Definitely. Yeah. That's well, when I meet people, I'm just like, right, I'm going to give you the benefit of doubt. And if I don't like you, that's that. I'm not yeah. going to be rude. But I'm just going to stay away. I think Cliff and I are both thinking that like, wow, what's this girl going to do? And we better, you know, keep an eye on her for like, and maybe she won't even talk to us in a year because she's going to be so popular. <laughs> um, and I, I do have an, an interesting question for you. Um, so if, if you had one of those bullies actually interflect and say, you know, you know, Carrie, I did yeah. this, this, and this, and I'm sorry. Like, how would you take that? Genuinely, it doesn't, I don't need that. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry. It shouldn't have been done. Um, yeah. But obviously it's in the past, so I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to move on. I appreciate the sorry, but no thanks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So since you've become this bigger person, so to speak, you still be polite about it. There's no reason you hate them, but it's just like, no, I don't need it. Yeah. I don't um that would that did me wrong if that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. um, but i just don't i think maybe if it could have changed them when they were younger then yeah but it's not going to change it so it doesn't really matter yeah yeah i think those of us too that are good at using the pain so to speak to um to make progress in life it's going to be a weird transition i think you're going to go through you know in a couple of years when people you don't really have any haters anymore you know you have more people that are cheering you on, you know? And so and Cliff and I were talking about that before. It almost gets harder in a way because <laughs> it was a weird transition. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because now instead of like the haters, I'll prove them wrong. It's like everybody believes in you, you know? And so I used to, so I got invited. Um, I actually get invited every year and I'm really uh, proud to do it um, to the community college. And they, uh, they invite me to this, to speak to this group of all underprivileged kids that um, are trying to get in or are making their first transition into college. Most of them, their parents didn't go most of them from bad neighborhoods, that sort of stuff. And so I go and I talk to them about, you know, my story. And uh, it was, it's been so hard, you know, because that was like our first entrance into like talking about any of this stuff. And, uh, and then there's a story for a different day about like the first time I did it and some things I was going through. But at the end, when you share, then these kids, like, they get it, you know, they like are like you, you know, and they're like you, but they're like 10, 20, how old am I? They're like 20 years ago, you know? And so, and, uh, they'll stand up and they say things that I brought and brought to tears almost every single time I've done it, you know? And I like this kid still sticks in my mind. And it's part of the reason, very small part, you know, uh, that I do this podcast, um, is because he stood up and he said, He's like, Tyler, I can't wait to see what you do next. You know, like, I'm going to follow you, man. You know, and that almost gets me teared up a little bit. And it's like, so when I like have struggles and stuff these days and like life's beating me up a little bit, you know, I'm like, man, that kid's out there watching to see what I do. <laughs> I better do something, right? So I better help some people in this world. I better get off my butt. I better stop feeling sorry for myself and I better get out there and do it. And why I tell you this is because I think you're very capable 
we need good people in the world. You know, I think you're very capable of getting there, but be aware of the transition to come, you know, I mean, do you think that's a valid point? Yeah. You know, so the biggest thing I always said is, and it comes from my coaching background all day long. Uh, we, we have a good person in us and we got a bad person in us and we come, we become the person that we choose to condition. That's it. Yeah. Um, that, there's the, whichever dog you feed. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I think yeah. it's an ancient native American uh, side, which, which dog wins the one I feed the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, it, it, it's so interesting because we're, we're all shining lights in our own way. And when we allow others to shine, it helps us all shine brighter. Like your mom, who was your biggest supporter, your biggest fan, and, and now you're going out and you're shining and she's a piece of that. And even the bullies are a piece of that too. Like the, the people that broke you down, the people who judged you, the people who made you feel a certain way, they're all a piece of what made you, you. Yeah, totally. You know, and we talk, so there's, uh, and I'm going to probably talk about this on every episode, not to be redundant, but um, there's the American Sniper movie where the dad uh, flips down his belt and he said, you can be three people in this world. You can be a sheep, a sheepdog, or a wolf. And the wolf's the bully, right? I kind of now, as we've been immersing more and more of this, I think we need more sheepdogs in this world. And I think you've become one. I think KJ is one. My question for you is, how do we build more sheepdogs earlier? You know, how do we build these people that could be the third party? You know, like you're talking last time, you're the third party that stepped in, diffused the whole situation. Not a problem anymore. Yeah. I really think that's a key that these popular kids, especially like if you're a parent right now listening, a kid, a kid late right now listening, your kid's popular and you're the parent, like get them to listen to this show and let's start prepping. And I'm not saying they need to go out there and fight. I'm just saying be the voice of reason. You know, how much would it mean in that scenario where the rock's getting full, pulled at you and the popular kid goes, Hey, why are you throwing rocks? You know, mm -hmm. or like Cliff Definitely. said to the guy at the bar. Oh, so, go ahead. I was going to say, if you don't like it, don't do it to somebody else. If yeah. you would imagine your sister or your brother or somebody doing that to one of your family members and throwing rocks at them, you would absolutely hate it. So there's no, there's no reason you should do it to somebody else. Yep. Well, and that's what's so interesting. I don't know about you, but if, if I get, I, I even get bullied still and it's, I almost find it kind of funny. But uh, um, it doesn't bug me, you know, and, and I, so I have this like doing the right Christian thing and, you know, looking the other way or am I perpetuating the bully system? And I have this constantly fight between the two because I'm capable of defending myself, you know, but then I try to be the bigger person in the situation. So in my mind, I'm like later on, I'm like, OK, you were the bigger person, but is that perpetuating bully system for somebody else? Because if I see it happening to somebody else, no problem. You know, I'm easily in there. You know, I, I, I know what's right, what's wrong, you know? So how do we decide these days trying to be the helpful person? When do we step in and when we don't? That's a hard one. Um, I think if more parents, I think it's a lot, a lot to do with the parents, um, the way they deal with situations and stuff, um, because a lot of kids get exactly what they want and they know that if they're nasty they're going to get what they want they know that they're going to get that in return and i think that oh, it's actually a hard one i have the same dilemma every day you know yesterday i'm dealing with a, a, a guy and he's very full of himself i would say you know and he's kind of testing me or whatever and there's this point when he goes 
give this fool this, you know, and he's talking about me. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, am I in this split second? I'm like, am I perpetuating bully behavior by not saying anything or am I not doing the right thing? You know, being the bigger person by not saying anything. And I came down to the point where I was really conflicted about this. You know, I'm conflicted about this. And that's why I'm asking you, when do you step in and when do you not? Because I decided that it was more of a turn of phrase. You know, I don't think he really meant to call me a fool. So in that situation, I decided that it wasn't worth it. Part of me almost said, wait a minute, who are you calling a fool? You know, and not because I want a confrontation, because I don't think it's fair that he might be doing that to somebody else. You know, I'd actually like to hear your side of that, too. What do you think about that? I think you both gave amazing examples. And that's part of the solution is talking about it. Yeah. Is saying, hey, you know, I thought about this. I thought about this. I saw this. I got hurt here. Yeah. Right. Having a discussion. Uh, for me, I, I love understanding psychology. Yeah. And I love the fact that people are in their own perspective, yeah. like they see their perspective and they don't see other per- perspectives. And when we're open to empathize and, and see different perspectives, we'll be more inclined uh, to make movement. Yeah. That's, that's what I saw. Because I'll, I'll give an example. When I was younger, I would always show people different things but without asking permission and yeah. it would get me in trouble every single time. Cause yeah. they're like, I didn't, I, I want to know. Like they just didn't want to know. Uh, as I got better at understanding, Oh, there's a middle path where I need to understand them before they're even going to attempt to understand me. Even if I'm fully right, it happens in ro- road rage all the time. Sure. Someone will cut you off and you'll be like, Hey, what the heck? They're like, what did you do? No, you cut me off. Yeah. I didn't cut you off. Once again, just a misunderstanding. Yeah. We're human and, yeah. it, and it's complex. And that's why it's a, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kerry. I was just going to say, sometimes people just don't want to look at the bigger picture and that sometimes you have to sit there and like sit and think, right, if I say this, is it going to affect somebody? Right. If I do this, what is sometimes you have to think in advance of what's going to happen from that. If that makes sense. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't think before they speak. Yeah, totally. And, and then, their framework growing up hasn't taught them to think of that. Well, you mentioned something so powerful, the parenting, you know, the way our parents show up. Yeah. We're going to kind of follow lead. Yeah. Like the ducklings follow the the mother duck. Totally. And humans are exactly the same way. So if you're building a culture of, Hey, we're doing this, we're together in this, then there's going to be this togetherness. If we do, Hey, it's us against them. Well, how can you expect the kids to see anything any different other than, hey, it's us against them? And this is what I mean. If you show a good, if you're a good role model, your your children are going to want to do what you do and they're going to follow what, what you do, which is yeah. sometimes why you have to look into the bit deep, like look further into the picture and see that some people don't have parents that are there for them and some people don't have things like that. And it is sad, um, which is why sometimes I don't blame the bullies because they don't know anything other than that. Um, mm. But yeah, and that's, sometimes it's- that's where it gets so much more complex, too, because you're right. There's a reason they're bullying, you know, and so and a lot of times the reason is lack of guidance and shame on those parents that are going that are there around, you know, because some people are just Mr. Magooing their way through um, adolescence because they don't have anybody there saying, don't do this. Don't those are the scariest people right because they don't have somebody you just your brain's not ready 
for this life yet. It's not ready for adolescence. If you don't have those good people in your life that are saying, you shouldn't do that. You should do this. You should think about school 10 years from now. You should think about your job 10 years now. You want to study because this is what it means later on. But for some people, that's harder and they don't have that support. And, you know, it's almost like a rebellious outreach. And so as much as we don't like bullies, there is more to that. The interesting... Go ahead. That's what I mean. Sometimes, like the bullies that would bully me, sometimes I'd just be like, fine, you bully me because I know that deep down you're insecure. You're feeling that way. You call me ugly, but yet it's probably you that feels that way. And it's probably you that's been told that or that your family don't support you the best they can support you or just tell you not to be a nasty person because parents see children. I've seen so many parents that just see their child be bullies and they don't care. I'm really trying to get around this, like what gives people this heart, you know, and uh, and I'm actually in awe of people that didn't have to go through something and still have an amazing heart. You know, the three of us went through some stuff and we ended up with amazing heart, you know, and so like it was almost like built in a way. But there is some pe- people that are just good people. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like my twin sister, she is genuinely the sweetest girl I've ever met. Like she looks after disabled people and she just has a heart of gold. She genuinely does and she's never been bullied. And yeah, she had the odd comment, but she never got bullied, bullied. And she's an amazing person. So so is my younger sister. And I think genuinely it's my mum that's obviously helped with that. And well, my dad and my parents have brought us up to be a good people. And I think that if more parents actually sit and look at the bigger picture, then there could be more good people in the world, you know? Yeah, Yeah. totally. And I'm not saying by us having to build it, it doesn't mean that we wouldn't have been good people anyways. I'm just saying it was a little different path to get there. I I love um, uh, the nature and nurture. Yeah. You know, and then there's some people who they just have natural gifts, but if those gifts aren't nurtured, they won't do anything. And then there's some people, they, they don't have anything natural. Yeah, but they get nurtured so much that they end up putting it together. And um, yeah, my biggest thing is like, we're all in this together. You know, that's what I do my best to remind people. And what's what's cool and not cool at the same time with everything that's going on now, we're seeing it affects everything. You know, everything, it ripples out and it's going to affect our life. And when we can remember that, we'll be more cognizant of how we treat people. You know, the other thing is there's uh, I think that show is called Man Moment Machine, mm-hmm. and it's basically about like preparing yourself. Um, and then if the moment comes, then an impact is coming. Right. Because not everybody can be Martin Luther King. Not everybody can be JFK. Not everybody can be um, Alexander the Great person moment machine. Right. But we have to build that person in case that moment ever comes. I like that. Definitely. I like that a lot. And that's what this is kind of about too. We really try to pinpoint the awareness and, you know, but then like try to like bring some motivation because we find that people have really good tools that have come through this stuff. And actually that's the bright side of the tunnel in all this is you've developed amazing tools. Cliff has developed amazing tools, you know? And so even somebody that doesn't have like a bully experience, it doesn't mean they can't use these tools. You know, these aren't all in reliance to being bullied. They can just be things that will help you improve your life because you guys are extraordinary individuals. You're doing more than the ordinary people. And that might've been a result of this spark or this like call to action, so to speak. But at the same time, the framework's still the same. 
this thing allowed you to help build it, but it doesn't mean that it's any less valuable to somebody that even didn't even experience bullying. Mm-hmm. And it makes, I, in my experience, it makes people want to do more. So like, for example, there's a few people that I know that like, oh, just like you're a model. Can I join? And I'm like, no. And then like, obviously I'm going to be there for them if they need a little bit of help. And if I can help, I'm going to help. But like, it's the, it's the more bullies, our yeah. friends like, Oh, can I be like, no, but I see that like, they're trying to do something better and it's like, they always end up in the end doing something better. And it's like, that was your path, you know? Totally. What are you, uh, unfortunately we're closing in towards the end of the show, but I really want to get, what are your take homes to kids out there, parents out there, you know, the building of the sheep dogs or the third party. What, do you have any insight for any of those groups and how we could, you know, uh, how some of your history or your mentality is uh, kind of relevant and can be helpful to them? I would just, I think I would just say one of the big things is think before you speak. Um, and a lot of children coming up, coming from me, I used to be like that, um, not to bully, bully wise, but I say like nasty things to my sisters and just, oh, shut up, whatever. But really, if you, if you sit and you actually, that's not right. You actually need to think about what the, what the outcome is and what could happen from that. And I think people really need to realize that and just to be kind and that there's, there's a path for everybody and just be happy and just be nice. And there's, there's, everything's meant to be. That's what I think. Totally. Nice. Yeah, we want you. Uh, uh, we want to keep informed on what you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about your plans for the future right now? Anything that you're happy to announce that you've got going on and you're excited about and what your future holds? Yeah. So my plan is to travel the world. Um, uh, in college, I did travel and tourism. Um, so that is what I want to do. Um, but obviously, incorporate modeling with that. Um, and I'm also going to be in a new film coming up called Magpies and the Missing Millions. Um, and we start filming in a few months, actually. Um, so it's going to be a big film. Um, and I'm one of the main parts. So that's going to be exciting. That's awesome. Good awesome. for you. None, which is not the best part for me. But I've come out to be um, an amazing supermodel. Um, so it's like we were talking about earlier, it's two lives. I, I'm a nun and I'm um, saying, I say to my husband and then I'm like, do you know what? No, I want to be me. And I come out and I be a supermodel and it's just a complete different persona. And I'm excited for that because it's going to be very interesting. It nice. sounds like the part was made for you. Yeah, I love it. I just said I'm very appreciative um, and I'm very thankful that I got that part because um, I've got some good friends on there that have um, put me forward for the part. So, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. What do you got to say before we... Carrie, KJ, you're both amazing superstars. Keep shining bright. Keep showing the world your light. And uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. Well, thanks for coming to another episode of Bully This. Um, Really excited guests lined up for the future. Uh, And um, I got a lot out of what we talked about today. I think the theme, the underlying theme is we do have these things that make us different, you know, when we're younger. And we, we almost dislike those things about us. But any, any later on in life, those can be the actual things that build us and our best tools. So it's almost interesting that here's a tool that we're afraid to use and we haven't learned how to use it then yet. And in the future, it will become the key to our success. So thank you very much for coming, everybody. We'll see you soon.
Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to Bully This, a hero's journey. The effects on kids that are bullied are many. Increased risk for depression, anxiety, sleep difficulties, lower grades, and dropping out of school. It's a real problem, and that's why we created this show. We're acutely aware of the pain, shame, and damage that bullying causes, and our passion is to help kids and families to know that there is always help, that there is always a solution. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook at Bully This, A Hero's Journey. Take care, and we'll see you next time.